You're listening to SBS News. 50-year-old Turkan Aksoy has always been proud of her Turkish culture, but for much of her professional life, she felt there was no room for it in the workplace. In my home, I had a very Turkish uh, upbringing, uh, but once I would go into school or to work, it was a very, it was two different worlds, <laughs> completely different worlds. So when I was in my house, I would act uh, very Turkish, listen to my Turkish music, eat my Turkish food, you know, I loved my culture. But once I would go into the school sector or to the work environment, much of that wasn't really uh, reflected there. The Sydney-based health and community worker of 25 years, who also identifies as neurodiverse, moved to Australia with her family as a child. She says, especially in her early career, she always felt pressure to change or suppress who she was to fit in and to advance herself professionally. I'm the only member of my siblings who hasn't changed their name. All my siblings have changed their name to an Anglo version. Um, so it makes you question yourself and whether there's a place for your cultural uh, identity in these spaces. I, you know, would start to dress a certain way. You know, there were so many times where I would colour and straighten my hair. I've worn contact lenses. I've whitened my skin. You know, I've made sure that when I uh, speak, I pronounce the eight things in a really clear way because how I have an accent does it, it somehow equates to not being professional. Ms Aksoy's experience is similar to many documented in a new report from the Diversity Council of Australia released to coincide with International Women's Day this week. The report seeks to highlight the absence of women from diverse backgrounds in leadership roles in Australian workplaces. The report's authors use the acronym CARM or CARM which stands for culturally and racially marginalised to describe the women at the centre of the study. They surveyed and conducted focus groups with more than 370 calm women to find out more about how their experiences at the intersection of race and gender were playing out in the workplace. The Diversity Council's Member Education Director, Dr Virginia Mapedza-Ama, is the report's lead author. Race and gender are really two big types of marginalisations that can intersect, that can act together. And when people experience those kinds of marginalizations, their discrimination is amplified. So we looked at um, their representation in leadership in Australia and our research was telling us that they're not represented, they're still very much underrepresented in leadership in Australia. After a decades-long push for gender equality, women now make up 46% of directors on Australian boards, although even that figure varies across sectors. But women with non-Anglo origins take up far fewer of these roles at just 5.7% of board directors. That's despite the vast majority of the women in the study reporting that they had ambitions to take on more senior roles roles at work. 78% said they wanted to advance to senior leadership, while 97% believed they had valuable contributions to make to their organisations. Virginia Mapedza-Ama again. Most of the women that we spoke to in this or that responded to our survey, they're very ambitious and they're very capable. 
and they want to do it. You know, like they, it, it's like everything is good for them to go into these leadership roles. But there's all these things that stop them from going into those roles. And those things have to do with their marginalization on the basis of their gender as well as their race. So it's not just, it's not just one thing. Among the barriers the women reported facing were both racism and sexism at work. 65% felt they were overlooked or not taken seriously, while the same number agreed that calm women were given fewer opportunities for career advancement than other women. Two-thirds of the women felt they needed to, as they say, act white to get ahead, a behaviour known as code switching. So one of the participants um, really said it in a way that really resonated even with me as a calm woman as well. In, uh, and they said, look, it's like being a chameleon. Right. You know, fitting in is just, you know, like you can change one or two little things about yourself. This is about being a chameleon. You've got to camouflage yourself so that you shave aspects yourself. You fundamentally change who you are in order to be in this space. There's so much mental space that's taken by that. There's so much emotional labor and that's taking time away from other things that people could be um, concentrating on that they could be doing in in terms of progressing their their careers. Rosalina Sarkeesians is one of the women who participated in the study. She's an Armenian Christian who was born in Iran and came to Australia as a refugee in her teens. She's been working in the healthcare industry for two decades and now manages her own business. She says code switching is something she's practiced throughout her career, especially early on. There's always conversations about what defines a cultural fit in a company. And uh, uh, a lot of um, my time in my earlier in my career, again, was relating to having to go to work drinks uh, on a Friday night and talk sports, none of which <laughs> um, present you know, relate to me in any way and don't present my authentic self. Another of the study's findings is that calm women felt they were subjected to a higher bar than their female colleagues. 85% said they had to work twice as hard to get the same treatment or evaluation, something Ms Sarkeesians has experienced firsthand. You hit, a, I guess, a, a double barrier of being considered for uh, leadership roles uh, as a woman of a culturally diverse background. So in my career, I, I most of the time uh, in you know more junior roles, I felt like I had to work almost double the amount of time and um, pick up double the amount of projects as my counterparts in similar roles to get recognised and promoted. The report makes several recommendations, including that workplaces apply a racial lens to gender equity policies to ensure they benefit all female employees equally. It also suggests measures such as setting targets for leadership roles, building workplace racial literacy and engaging with calm women in the development of policies. Claire Broad is the Executive Director of Women on Boards Australia. She says workplaces will benefit from increasing diversity in leadership positions, but there's a lot more work to do. When you think that, you know, 51% of people in this country are either first or second generation, or in fact have just come here themselves, that's a big population. That is a lot of people working across our businesses, working across our communities, working across politics, working in many, many different sectors. And so it's really critical that the voices of all of these people are in fact heard 
um, they're understood and they're valued. Turkan Aksoy says over the course of her career, things have already changed for the better and she is now more comfortable embracing her culture at work. Like today now, I'm very proud to speak my Turkish. I'll say merhaba at a meeting or team's Zoom link-ups. Like, I'm really proud of the fact that I speak a second language. I make sure people see and know that because it's about creating those spaces, carving out those spaces to say, yes, I too belong. I'm a part of this process and I want to be a co-author. I want to be a co-designer. I want to make sure that I'm, a, I'm included um, in the processes that we create for each other and for ourselves. Claire Slattery, SBS News.